I have a plan for what I'm going to do if Joe Biden's vaccine strike force comes a knocking at my door. Then the shocking revelations from teachers unions that they're trying to hide from you. They're trying to hide from parents. Plus, Virginia Democratic governor candidate Terry McAuliffe lies about guns. There's a surprise. Elon Musk's dangerous China tweet. Congresswoman Cori Bush says black people are not free. And two crazy COVID studies that you will not hear anywhere else. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Just when you think the Biden administration can't get more radical. Speaking of protecting yourself against radicals, let's talk about your online security. Let's talk about ExpressVPN. There are a lot of things that we both search for online that aren't anybody else's business. And I know what you're thinking. Well, if you don't want people creeping on your search history, just use incognito mode. But I recently learned that's not good enough. Incognito mode does not hide your activity from your internet service provider, believe it or not. It actually doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you have ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN because internet service providers in the US, not only can they creep on your activity, they can then legally sell your information to ad companies. That's super creepy. That's a no for me. So ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service provider cannot see the sites you visit. They keep your data 100% secure by encrypting it. All you have to do is tap one button and you are protected. So protect your online activity today. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Liz, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Liz, expressvpn.com slash Liz to learn more. Okay, so Joe Biden says that in his effort to vaccinate the entire country, since there is a portion of the population that has chosen not to get the COVID-19 vaccine, he will now be uh, closing down some of the mass vaccination sites, and instead he will be sending a so-called strike force to neighborhoods to go door to door. Take a listen. A special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot for that matter, if they needed a second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Now you may be thinking what I thought when I first heard that, Surely his press secretary is going to correct him. Surely she's going to claim that he did not say that or he did not mean it because surely the Biden White House would not be so idiotic as to send people, to send government door to door to try to vaccinate people. However, Jen Psaki actually confirmed that Biden did in fact mean what he said. Take a listen to her. President will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community by community door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. Well, this is incredibly creepy. It's invasive. It's possibly illegal. I would love to know the legal argument on, on this. But here's the thing. I was thinking about what I would do if a Biden lackey, if a government official or whoever Biden is going to send around, which, by the way, is a great question, who will be coming around to our door? Who exactly? And will our tax money be paying for that? But anyway, I was thinking about what I would do if 
some Biden representative from his vaccine strike force comes to my door. And I wrote down a handy dandy guide for you too, for what to do if these folks come to your door. First of all, waste as much of their time as possible. Because that's the most annoying thing you can possibly do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask them a million questions. I'm going to say, how did my name get on your list? Is everybody in the country, is everybody's name on that list or only unvaccinated people? If it's only unvaccinated people, how do you know who's unvaccinated? Are you keeping a grand list of people who are vaccinated versus people who are unvaccinated? Who gave you permission to access that medical information of the entire country? Next, I'm going to ask them, what is the infection fatality rate for COVID-19 for people in my age bracket? I'm going to ask them, what percentage of transmission is asymptomatic versus symptomatic? I'm going to ask them, what are the long-term side effects of each vaccination, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, or J&J? I'm going to ask, how many people have died from the vaccine? I'm going to ask them, how many lives have been saved by the vaccine versus how many lives have been ended by the vaccine? I'm going to ask them, have women miscarried their babies from the vaccine? And if so, how many? I'm going to ask them, how much more frequent is myocarditis or pericarditis, that's the inflammation of the heart, after the vaccine for young men who take the vaccine? I'm going to ask them, what's the primary risk factor for fatal COVID-19 cases? I'm then going to ask them just to see if they're well-rounded on their information. Do you think masks, face masks, and I'm talking about surgical masks or cloth masks, do you think they're effective? I'm going to ask them, do you think vaccinated people should wear face masks? All of these questions, I'm going to ask the people, if they come to my door, and like I said, I kind of hope they do because I want to get this on video. I am going to give them none of my personal medical information. I encourage you, give none of your personal medical information. Videotape the encounter. By the way, be very respectful, very polite. Videotape the encounter, wasting their time, asking questions, giving none of your personal medical information. Ask them their first and last name. Ask them where they live. If they're uncomfortable with the personal invasive questions that you're asking them, huh, that's funny. Since they came to the door to ask you about your personal medical information, your status on vaccination. Publicly humiliate the Biden administration by knowing the facts when they don't. We could go through the answers to every one of those questions and I'll bet this COVID strike force, this vaccination strike force that's gonna come door to door, I bet they don't know the studies. I bet they don't know the citations. I bet they don't really know anything but the talking points they were given. So make this story as viral as possible because people on both sides of the aisle, make no mistake, Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals will hate government being such a creep, going door to door asking about vaccination status. This, of course, will help Democrats lose in 2022. Videotaping this also encourages fellow Americans to be brave. So if this happens to you, if a Biden vaccine strike force official or lackey comes to your door, videotape it and send it to me. I want to see. Remember, this is very important. Anybody who wants the vaccine can get it. It's super easy to access. The people who have not gotten it deliberately made that choice not to get it. That choice was not due to misinformation or lack of access. It's because they don't want it. And now Biden's big daddy government is going to come to your door to try to coerce you into getting it. So come on, come to my door. I hope you do. I dare you. Bring the information and be ready for the facts. Okay, speaking of facts, let's talk about Nutrafol. When it comes to thinning hair, you no longer have to choose between natural remedies and those that work. There's a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. 21 potent natural ingredients support sex drive, better sleep, and less stress, too. 
In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 1,500 top doctors. Healthier hair growth does take time. It is worth noting that. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair in three to six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Liz to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customer for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. That's Nutrafol.com, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. You'll be glad you checked it out. Okay, let's talk about critical race theory. I know we talk about this a lot, but the reason that this is of uh, critical, no pun intended, importance to discuss is because critical race theory is one of the most important cultural battles of our lifetime. The Republican Party, for once, thank God, credit where credit's due, is actually playing offense when it comes to the battle against critical race theory in schools. Critical race theory, this conversation, this dialogue, this debate is exposing the left's true agenda for our country. And so the constant updates that I bring you uh, is due to shifting narratives from the left that need to be debunked before they take hold. Today's false narratives coming from the left, the left claims that critical race theory is not taught in K-12 schools. The left says critical race theory is a law school philosophy that is only taught in law school. Well, that's obviously a lie, and I will tell you why in a moment. The other narrative, the other false narrative coming from the left is that opponents of critical race theory, that would be you and I, don't want to teach history or the history of racism in our country, don't want this taught in public schools. That is also false. So we're going to go down this list. We're going to go down this list of proof that proves that the teachers' unions, who are the ones who are perpetuating this narrative, are absolute liars. This is the most dangerous ideology perpetuated by people in power intending to indoctrinate and brainwash your children. So the two largest teachers unions in the country are the NEA, that's the largest, and the AFT, that's the National Educators Association and the American Federation of Teachers. Their agenda is not education. Their agenda is not students. Their agenda is not even teachers. Their agenda has become very clear For anybody who's watched them over the last year, it's very dangerous. And we see proof of their agenda from their annual meetings this month. It's absolutely shocking. So the largest teachers unions, union, the NEA, uh, will now be organizing opposition research. Get this. They're going to organize opposition research against parents and organizations who are fighting against critical race theory in schools. You can see it on their own website. They held their 2021 annual meeting and representative assembly, and this was what they presented. Those of you watching the show can see it. Those of you who are listening, I will read it. The NEA will research the organizations attacking educators doing anti-racist work. You'll notice the phraseology there. Anti-racist is another word for critical race theory, and any, any opponents, any dissenters from critical race theory are attacking educators. Okay, so this was new business item number two was what it was called. It was a vote, essentially, to spend $56,000 to do conduct this opposition research against organizations. So when they're talking about organizations, I'm sure they're referring to the Heritage Foundation. They actually mentioned the Heritage Foundation. That probably also means Chris Rufo. It probably means Corey DeAngelis. All these independent journalists who are exposing the truth about critical race theory. The NEA, 
the largest teachers union in the country, is funding opposition research against parents, organizations, and journalists who oppose critical race theory. Right? So th- this is an interesting interesting train to follow because at first the teachers unions denied that critical race theory even existed. This was part of their narrative that critical race theory doesn't even exist in K to 12 schools. So first they deny its existence, but then they allocate money to conduct opposition research on opponents of critical race theory. And that's not all. Then the NEA allocates $127,000 to actually promote critical race theory in schools. We'll get to that in just a moment, more on that. Remember, the NEA, when I say they are dangerous, when I say they are far leftist, they admit this with their own words, with their own resolutions, with their own actions, with their own leadership. And I wanna give you an example. Of these resolutions that were considered by the NEA at their annual meeting were the following. A resolution accusing Israel of ethnic cleansing. One of their measures actually called on the United States to cut all material support and funding to Israel. Another resolution, a far-left resolution considered, was decolonizing curriculum. That included a racial justice task force. Another far-left resolution considered by the teachers' union was opposing police unions. Another far-left resolution was supporting Nicole Hannah-Jones, the primary author of the New York Times Revisionist History 1619 Project. They supported her tenure. This is how far left the NEA is. And the NEA is is not alone, by the way. Specifically, this new strain of anti-Semitism that has infiltrated the Democratic Party It's infiltrated the teachers' unions as well. Not only is the NEA calling for defunding Israel, the ATF, the American Federation of Teachers, three local teachers' unions who are essentially affiliated with the American Federation of Teachers, they passed statements this past June calling Israel an apartheid state. The president of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, you've probably heard her name recently, you've probably seen her, she actually criticized Jewish people this is, and this is a classic anti-Semitic trope, by the way, as being, quote, part of the ownership class. This is what's being taught to your children. These are the people who are in charge of the curriculum in public schools across the country. So let's go back to the NEA. So first they deny the existence of critical race theory. Then they actually pass a resolution to fund opposition research against critics of critical race theory. And then they pass a resolution that funds prioritizing critical race theory being taught, and not just critical race theory, works of critical race theory, like the 1619 Project, groups that practice critical race theory, like Black Lives Matter, and revisionist history organizations that enable critical race theory, like the Zinn Education Product. Now, this, this, this is worth reading in its entirety. It's called the New Business Item Number 39, and it was, quote, adopted as modified. I, I want to bring this up on my laptop for a second because I want to read this to you in its entirety because it's very, it's shocking. So it's called New Business, business Item 39. It's adopted as modified. It says, and I quote, the NEA will, with guidance on implementation from the NEA president, chairs of the Ethnic Minority Affairs Caucuses, share and publicize through existing channels information already available on critical race theory, what it is and what it is not, have a team of staffers for members who want to learn more and fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric, and share information with other NEA members as well as their community members. 
provide an already created in-depth study that critiques empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigenity, racism, patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism. Shocking. They're against capitalism. Ableism, anthropocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society, and that we oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 Project. Full pause. They're putting capitalism on the same pedestal as white supremacy, as the patriarchy, as sexism, as oppression. Capitalism. Our free market society, which has enabled more people to achieve more things, to to be afforded luxury and prosperity and opportunity than any other economic system that the world has ever known. This teachers union opposes that. They're funding opposition research against this. It's, it's shocking. They go on. They go on. And they oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 Project. They also want to fund publicly through existing media to convey its support for the accurate and honest teachings of social studies topics, including truthful and age-appropriate accountings of unpleasant aspects of American history, such as slavery and the oppression and discrimination of indigenous, black, brown, and other peoples of color, as well as the continued impact this history has on our current society. The association will further convey that in teaching these topics, it is reasonable and appropriate for curriculum to be informed by academic frameworks for understanding and interpreting the impact of the past on current society, including critical race theory, they say. They also want to join with Black Lives Matter at school in the Zen Education product to call for a rally this year on October 14th, George Floyd's birthday, as a national day of action to teach. Remember when I was talking about action civics? That's what they're talking about, action civics. As a national day of action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression, followed by one day of action that recognize and honor lives taken, such as Breonna Taylor, Philandro Castile, and others. The National Education Association shall publicize these national days of action to all its members, including an NEA today. Is this unbelievable or what? Unbelievable. This is as radical left as anything coming from the mouth of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And yet, this is the agenda that's being taught to your children in public schools. No wonder our country is, no wonder our country is under assault the way that it is by radical leftist ideology. This ideology is being poured into the minds of our children in public schools. They are indoctrinating the next generation. No wonder so many young people dislike our country. This is what they're being told. So it goes on and on. It goes on and on. I could keep reading, but you get the point. The NEA is a powerful, powerful organization. They represent 3 million public school employees in all 50 states in our country. Their annual budget is $350 million. They have operatives in 14 thousand school districts across the United States. That means that the NEA wants critical race theory implemented in all 50 states, in public schools, in 14,000 school districts. If that doesn't debunk the idea that critical race theory is not being taught in K-12 public schools, I don't know what does. Meanwhile, by the way, in case you thought education was about students, the NEA, one of these resolutions, the NEA failed to pass. It was defeated the following measure, quote, to make student learning the priority of the association. This was back in 2019. 
Can you believe that? This is what it said. The NEA will rededicate itself to the pursuit of increased student learning in every public school in America by putting a renewed emphasis on quality education. NEA will make student learning the priority of the association. They defeated that measure two years ago. You can see what their priorities are. And by the way, they don't want parents to know what their priorities are. Three days after their annual meeting, the NEA scrubbed this, this, the action item, that I, the agenda item that I just read to you, they scrubbed it from their website. They erased the truth that they're pushing critical race theory in public schools across the country in all 50 states. They erased it from their website. You can see it on the screen. So at the institutional level, these teachers' unions are hiding critical race theory from parents. And then we have examples of teachers telling children directly not to talk about what they're taught in the classroom. A South Carolina teacher, her name is Sherry Revels Davis, she told her students not to talk about what she was talking about in class outside the class. This woman is an adherent of critical race theory, and this is her quote to students. What's said in this class stays in this class. That's not what she wants. She wants what's said in this class to be exported into society. What she doesn't want is what's said in that class to be taken home and told to parents. Because if this pandemic has had a silver lining, it's that because of Zoom classes, Zoom school, students, what they hear in class is also being heard by the parents. And parents hear they're being taught critical race theory and racism, and parents don't like it. So now public school teachers are telling kids not to talk about what they've learned in class. And the teachers' unions, are scrubbing it from their website. And that's, by the way, just the NEA. So now let's go over to the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. This is the second largest teachers' unions. They're also corrupted with critical race theory. Ibram X. Kendi, the author of How to Be an Anti-Racist, a wild bestseller that is putting into practice anti-racism, which is critical race theory, was scheduled to speak at the AFT conference on Wednesday, July 7th at 6 p.m. You can see the schedule for yourself on the screen if you're interested, if you're viewing this rather than listening to it. They are corrupted. They're paying Ibram X. Kendi to speak to them. The only reason you would do that is if you're trying to have critical race theory be exported from that conference into the classroom, into children's heads. So as you know, states across the country, school districts across the country have begun to ban critical race theory from being taught in public schools because it's racialism, it's racism, it's neo-Marxism, it's awful. No one wants their child to be taught this kind of garbage, this kind of evil, this kind of baloney. However, 5,000 teachers, radical leftist teachers, have signed a pledge that they will teach critical race theory anyway, regardless of whether it's illegal to do so. And this pledge that they have signed saying that they'll teach critical race theory regardless of law, it was started by, you guessed it, the Zinn Education Project. Now, the Zinn Education Project um, is, the, let me give you a brief background on some of the policies that they support and some of the positions that they take. They say, quote, from police violence to the prison system to the wealth gap to maternal mortality rates, to housing, to education and beyond, the major institutions and systems of our country are deeply infected with anti-blackness and its intersection with other forms of oppression. To not acknowledge this and help students understand the roots of U.S. racism is to deceive them, not educate them." End quote. Just in case you were wondering where the Zinn Education Pro Project stood, they are 
radical leftists. They're, they practice revisionist history, and obviously, they buy into critical race theory. So the Zen Education Project circulated this pledge. It's called the Pledge to Teach the Truth to public school educators around the country. So far, 5,000 have signed it. This is what the pledge reads. To state legislatures from whatever the educator's name is or the teacher's name is, we, the undersigned educators, refuse to lie to young people about U.S. history and current events, regardless of the law. 5,000 teachers in public schools, maybe, maybe the school that your child attends, maybe your child's classroom, say even if it's against the law, they will continue with this indoctrination. And then... The a AFT boss, the union boss, Randy Weingarten, yep, her again, she is vowing to legally defend any teacher who teaches critical race theory in violation of the law. Take a listen. Mark my words. Our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund ready to go and we were preparing for litigation as we speak. And then Weingarten, after she says that the union is preparing for litigation, any teacher who teaches uh, critical race theory in violation of the law will be defended by she and her union. She then perpetuates the second false talking point of the week. She says that critical race theory critics want to ban teaching history and discussing racism in the classroom. This is so obviously false. It's almost ridiculous. These people are so desperate. These radical leftists are so scared because the truth, the reality of critical race theory is being exposed. This is what Weingarten tweeted. She said, she tweeted it, by the way, with an article written by Kimberly Crenshaw. Kimberly Crenshaw is a critical race theory academic at the college level. Just, just so you know, context of this tweet. Weingarten said, quote, incredibly important piece from Kimberly Crenshaw about why these bans on teaching history and discussing racism in the classroom are so dangerous. Our students deserve to have the freedom to learn and discuss this in school, end quote. Again, almost laughable, obviously a false narrative. Nobody in this country is advocating that we don't teach history. Nobody is advocating that we don't teach the reality of the history of the United States, which includes both racial discrimination, oppression, and slavery. Not a single person is advocating that we not teach the truth of our history. However, the truth of our history is not what's being taught. For example, in Illinois, there is a specific book, a critical race theory book that's being taught, um, teaching children that white people are devils. The title of this book is Not My Idea, A Book About Whiteness. This book is being taught to kindergartners. Kindergartners. It teaches kindergartners that whiteness is the devil. A white person is dressed up as the devil in this book. It teaches kindergartners that whiteness lures children with the promise of, quote, stolen land, stolen riches, and special favors. This book is not only being taught in Illinois to kindergartners, babies. In Pennsylvania, fourth and fifth graders are also being subjected to this. It'll come as no surprise to know that this book was included as part of the quote-unquote, anti-racist curriculum. In Illinois, by the way, this has sparked a federal lawsuit from a teacher there who said that it's discrimination against her. This is not history. That's not the history of our country. That's not a discussion about racism or even racism in America. That is racism. It's racism being taught to our children. And the thing is, of course, Randy Weingarten knows this. She's deliberately lying to you because she knows you don't want your children indoctrinated with racism. If the agenda of teachers' unions and therefore public schools is not clear by now, then you're willfully ignoring reality. By the way, 
Teachers unions are also calling for mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations for all students and staff before in-person teaching happens in this fall. This, holistically, is the reason that public schools this year, 1.5 million students have been removed from public schools. Parents have pulled their kids out of public schools. 1.5 million. And I encourage parents, keep it up. Get your child out of public schools if you possibly can. So to summarize, teachers unions support critical race theory in K-12 classrooms in public schools across the country. They're spending money researching opposition research against critical race theory critics. They want the mandatory COVID-19 vaccination for students who are not at risk of fatal COVID, nor are they risks of transmission. They scrubbed their support for critical race theory off the web as soon as we saw it, and they voted down a measure to put kids and education first. I repeat, get your child out of the public school system. Defund public schools if they're teaching racism. Homeschool your child. There are so many resources. I'll post some in my locals, as a matter of fact, to help you get started homeschooling. It's not difficult. It's a great education. It's mainstream now. It's not even a weird thing to do. I was homeschooled, and I turned out great. Ban critical race theory in public school. Advocate for school choice. The best way to get radical leftist indoctrination and ideology out of the public school system is to have a system of school choice where parents can remove their student and their student's money from a school that's indoctrinating their student unless the school adjusts the curriculum. And people play offense here. Don't just ban critical race theory. Be an advocate for a 1776-based curriculum. Actual history, patriotism, anti-communist, anti-Marxist teaching. This is actual history. The teachers' unions don't want you to know these things, so I'll report them to you. Speaking of the truth, do you know whose voice I have been hearing in my house nonstop for the past two months? Spencer Clavins. My husband is still addicted to Spencer's podcast, Young Heretics, and I don't blame him. The only part that I blame my husband for is being a little late to the party. Spencer has over 50 episodes already, and my husband and I have actually had super interesting conversations sparked by the topics Spencer discusses. so we invite you to join us. Subscribe to Young Heretics with Spencer Clavin wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, youngheretics.com, you can get all the information. Spencer's voice itself, the voice itself, is rich and melodious. His vocabulary is impressive, and his grasp of philosophy and how ancient philosophy applies to the modern world is fascinating. It's just what we need in this country. It's part of a classical education, if you will. Young Heretics is also produced by Soundfront, the same guys who produce my podcast. They also produce Verdict with Young Cru with Ted Cruz. We are basically one big happy family. Um, anyway, that is not the point. The point is please subscribe to Young Heretics at youngheretics.com or on Apple Podcasts and tell Spencer that I sent you. Tell him I said hi. Okay, Terry McAuliffe, former governor of Virginia, now once again a candidate for the gubernatorial seat, is making a false claim about guns and voting in his state. And I know, I know, my reaction is you must have been as surprised and shocked as I am that Terry McAuliffe, this crony of Hillary Clinton's, would dare lie about something that doesn't suit his agenda. He tweeted earlier, he said, quote, call me crazy, but I think it should be easier to vote than it should be to buy a gun, end quote. Well, he certainly is crazy, Terry McAuliffe is, that's for sure. He, and one of the reasons is he campaigned with Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia, remember him? After calling for Northam to resign, after Northam appeared in blackface next to a KKK hood in a yearbook from medical school. After Northam basically advocated for infanticide. Yeah, McAuliffe called for him to step down to resign then, but now McAuliffe is campaigning with him. 
he's a shady, shady guy. Back to the guns thing. This, this, this claim, this allegation from McAuliffe that it's uh, easier to buy a gun than to vote. Let's look into this. Let's look at the facts. So in the state of Virginia, in order to vote, there are five things necessary. You must be 18 years of age. You must be a U.S. citizen. You must be a resident of Virginia. You must currently not be declared mentally incompetent by a court of law. And if you were convicted of a felony, you must have your right to vote formally restored. That's it. If you meet those five qualifications, you are welcome to take part in the election process in the state of Virginia and cast your ballot for whomever you so choose. This is not voter suppression. So by the way, this is the point of McAuliffe's of McAuliffe's comment is he's he basically is insinuating that any kind of um, regulation around elections, anything that would protect against fraud, anything that would secure the integrity of our elections is equal to voter suppression. But this is easily debunked because in 2020, voter turnout in the state of Virginia, more than 81% of Virginia's registered voters came out, they cast a ballot, or they voted absentee. So McAuliffe is lying, of course. And by the way, I'm not even sure exactly what McAuliffe wants because this is an interesting point from the New York Times, believe it or not. In May of this year, they say, quote, in the last 14 months, the state's Democratic-controlled General Assembly and Mr. Northam, the current governor, have together repealed the state's voter ID law, enacted 45 days of no-excuse absentee voting, made Election Day a state holiday, and enacted automatic voter registration for anybody who receives a Virginia driver's license, end quote. So what laws exactly does McAuliffe want to remove or add when it comes to voting? I don't know. I don't know. He certainly wants the voting system to be less secure than it is. His comparison about buying a gun, let's quickly look over the stipulations of who may or may not buy a firearm in the state of Virginia. So if you want to purchase a firearm, you cannot if you meet one of 23 disqualifiers. If you are under indictment for a felony, if you are the subject of an active misdemeanor or felony arrest warrant, not just in the state of Virginia, but in any state, if you were convicted of a felony as an adult, if you were convicted of a felony as a child older than 14 years old, if you were convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence, if you have ever been acquitted by reason of insanity, if you have an active restraining order against you, if you are a participant of unlawful drug use, including marijuana, if you are addicted to any controlled substances, if you've been adjudicated mentally incompetent or incapacitated, if you've ever been involuntarily admitted to a mental health facility, if you were dishonorably discharged from the military, if you're an illegal alien, if you are a legal alien who is not a citizen, if you have renounced your U.S. citizen, or if you've purchased a handgun in the past 30 days. By the way, that's not even the full 23. That's just a selection for you that I pulled. So McAuliffe is lying. He is crazy, that's true. It is wildly easier to vote than to purchase a firearm in the state of Virginia. Democrats use this narrative that people are unable to vote. Their vote is suppressed in order to trick voters into supporting far-left election laws that damage the integrity of free and fair elections. Bans on voter ID, mandatory ballot harvesting, mail-in voting, same-day voter registration, drop boxes, unmonitored, etc., etc. McAuliffe is lying, and it's very easy to see exactly why. Elon Musk is playing in dangerous waters. He recently tweeted something very troubling. Elon Musk tweeted, and I quote, the economic prosperity that China has achieved is truly amazing, especially in infrastructure. I encourage people to visit and see for themselves, end quote. This tweet, essentially sucking up to the Chinese Communist Party, 
was in response to the Chinese Communist Party's tweet in which they said, China has realized the first centenary goal, end quote. So what does that mean? China's celebrating 100 years of communism. That's what it means. They're bragging about what they believe communism has achieved for them. So here's my message to Elon Musk. Elon, be very careful. China is not our friend. Do not fall prey to the money trap that the NBA, Hollywood, Disney, and big corporations have fallen for. You aren't just selling your soul if you capitulate to the Chinese Communist Party, if you suck up to the Chinese communists. You're selling the soul of the Uyghurs in China who are forced into slave labor. You're selling the soul of the women who were forced to undergo abortions by the Chinese Communist Party. You're selling the soul of the journalists in China who are jailed for reporting the truth. You're selling the soul of the Christians who are persecuted and forced into re-education camps for worshiping the God they choose. You're selling the soul of independent thinkers who are deprived rights under the social credit score system implemented by the Chinese communists. You're selling the soul of the anti-communists who are disappeared for criticizing the government of China. I know the money is tempting. You're better than this. You know better than this. China will never stop their human rights abuse as long as they're making money from their current structure. As long as people in America, corporations and powerful people like yourself are willing to look the other way on their human rights abuse in order to make a buck. Don't do it. Show the country how it's done when someone who's powerful, who stands to make a lot of money, is willing to take a moral stance and say no if that money would be blood money because that's what it is. Any money you make from China is blood money. Congresswoman Cori Bush says that black people in the United States aren't free. She tweeted this on the 4th of July. She said, quote, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land and black people still aren't free, end quote. Fortunately, she received a lot of backlash, which she deserved, including backlash from a lot of black Americans who were insulted by this tweet, as they should be. Here are my two comments on Cori Bush's tweets. Number one, name one thing black people aren't free to do that white people are free to do in this country. One thing. You can't. Because we are lucky to live in a nation where we have equality under the law. There are no race-based laws in our nation. No caveats to any individual rights based on the color of one's skin. You cannot name one thing black people aren't free to do that white people are free to do under the law. We should be thanking God for that, not pretending that it isn't true. You have the opportunity to run for Congress and be democratically elected. How can you possibly think that there's no equality under the law here? Number two, this type of comment is insulting to every single black person, regardless, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, it doesn't matter, insulting to every single black person in this country to claim that they're enslaved somehow, which means that what they say or what they do, what they've achieved, is not of their own volition, that they're somehow controlled and have zero autonomy over their own bodies, their own trajectories. It's so insulting. This is racialism. It's used as a tool to demolish American institutions to implement Marxism. It is critical race theory and practice. Therefore, maybe we shouldn't be surprised to hear this from people like Cori Bush, but don't fall for it. These radical leftists, it's shocking. They really do hate America. They want America dismantled in order to destroy her. We've already come a long way on the left. 
because just a couple years ago, this is a quote from a prominent person who said, if you could choose a time to be young, gifted, and black in America, you'd choose right now. Do you know who said that? Barack Obama did. But the Democratic Party is no longer the party even of Barack Obama, as radical leftist as he was. Speaking of Barack Obama and his former vice president, Biden, who is now the president, of course, there's a shocking video that I want you to watch here. This is Biden walking into a convenience store, and while he was purchasing something at the cash register, he was asked about a recent hack that America has suffered. And Biden responded that he's not sure if it was the Russians who conducted this hack. But the problem with this video, what's absolutely striking is the utter incoherence that Biden displays. And again, I'll say this every time I talk about Biden's incoherence. I was maybe the last one on this bandwagon. I thought, we don't need to criticize Biden for the way that he speaks. You know, we don't need to pretend that he has some issue that he doesn't necessarily have just because he's an awkward speaker. Let's talk about his policy. And I'm happy to admit that I was wrong. Watch this video. Sure. <laughs> right now, sir? Yeah. Uh, with the most recent hack by the Russians, would you say that this this means We're not that... sure it's the Russians. Okay. With I spot gun okay. I got a brief on the, as I was on the plane. That's why I was late getting off the plane. I got a brief and... Uh, I think you're right. All right. Would you like your receipt? Do you know who it might be, sir? Uh, I'll be in better shape to talk to you about it. I'll tell you what they sent me. Okay. Uh, that uh, the idea. First of all, we're not sure who it is for certain. Number one. And what I did, I directed the full resources of the, of the government to assist in a response if we determine what else you need. Oh, nothing. You're all set. Okay. And um, uh, the fact is that uh, I directed the intelligence community to give me a, a deep dive on what's happened, and I'll know better uh, tomorrow. And if it is uh, either with the knowledge of and or consequence of Russia then that told Putin we will respond. And uh, you didn't but, tell him already, sir? No, no, I haven't called because we're not we're not certain. The initial thinking was it was not the Russian government. Um, but we're not sure yet. So. Absolutely incoherent. I mean you can't watch that video and think that this man is okay. He's obviously not. He's referring to notes about what he was just told a moment ago. Not because he was stalling for time, not because he was trying to avoid the question, because he doesn't have the train of thought. He can't, even, he can't even grasp a thought for long enough to get it out of his mouth. Biden's behavior has been described as the following, and I quote, struggling, barely cogent. He's been described as a human corpse by media, in cognitive decline, a reality show where the Democrats put up a barely cogent candidate for president just so they could enjoy the spoils of office for four years. Politically semi-lucid, the media called it often total gibberish that comes out of Biden's mouth. Elder abuse, it's been called by the media. An insult to the free world. Democrats in America are a disgrace to turn this bloke up as leader of the Western democracies. Cognitively delinquent, the media has called him. Cognitively gone. 
His staff, the media said, probably just can't wait to get him home to the White House. The media has called him this. But you might be wondering, well, what media? Because I haven't heard any of this. That's right. This is foreign media. Foreign media is reporting on the truth about Biden's cognitive status. The United States media, they protect him. They pretend this doesn't happen because they want his agenda to come to pass. But it's absolutely shocking. Not as shocking as this, uh, this next study. I know that you'll be interested in this because I know you're interested in the reality of COVID-19. A crazy new study on children and the impact on children if they wear face masks. But because of big tech, you will have to join me on Locals at LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals to hear about this new story. That's LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals. Become a Liz Wheeler Show community VIP for access to the story. It's a super, super crazy one. So essentially, if you want to see the rest of this segment, hear everything that we're going to talk about, head on over to Locals, the Liz Wheeler Show community at LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals. See you there. That is all I have for you today. We have more stories, but we're going to have to wait until tomorrow because we are out of time. The great and powerful Jay Hay, my producer, says we got to go. So until tomorrow, think for yourself, use critical thought, reject critical theory, question authority, follow the facts, and don't let government or corporate wokeism or cultural Marxism or anybody bully you into being a sheep. Subscribe to my show, please, on Apple Podcasts. Download it. Give us a five-star rating, a glowing review. And thanks for watching today. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Stephen Reyes. Assistant editor, Michael Wall. Assistant editor, Tommy Weber. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Post-production manager, Victoria Metzl. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. And production assistant, Mickey Pisani. This has been a Soundfront production.